Is the RIA model right for your practice? That is today's question on the transition to RIA question and answer series. It is episode number 98. Hi, I'm Brad Wales with Transition to RIA, where I hope you understand everything there is to know about why and how to transition to the RIA model. If you're not already there, if you head on over to transitiontoria.com, uh, you can find all of the resources I make available from this entire series in video, for video format, uh, podcast format. I have articles, I have white papers, all kinds of things to help you better understand the RIA model. Again, transitiontoria.com. Okay, on today's episode, we're going to be talking about you know, is the RA model right for your practice? Now, you might think, well, Brad, you are the transition to RA guy. You talk to folks all day long about the RA model, so you must think it's for everyone, and that was must be what you're communicating out there in the marketplace, and that's absolutely not the case. So if you uh, have spoken to me before or you have followed along on these episodes, you will know that I point out that the RA model is not a fit for all advisors. Now, it generally is a fit for the overwhelming majority of advisors out there in the marketplace, but there are scenarios where it's just not a fit. And part of my job is to tell you as an advisor if it's not going to be a fit uh, and, and worth even exploring at that point. And so kind of at a high level, and you'll see how this relates to today's topic, uh, what I help advisors with in the most kind of basic explanation is three main steps of potentially transitioning to the RA model, and they're in this order by design. So that very first one, which is kind of what we're going to be talking about here, is does the RA model even make sense for you? Does it? Is this even something you should be exploring further based on uh, your practice and what you're trying to accomplish? And, and again, we'll, we'll dive into that. And so that's that first layer. And then if you get past that, then there's different ways into the model you could go. You could maybe start your own RA. You could join an RA. There's some flavors in between to potentially consider. So then you got to kind of work through which of those pathways best. And then depending on which pathway you choose, who are the solution providers, who are the firms in the marketplace that can support you with that sort of approach. And so, again, I, I help advisors down all three of those. But the reason they're in that order is if you if you if you can't get past step one, you don't need to worry about who the solution providers are. You don't need to worry about the different pathways into the model. And so it is important to say to yourself, hey, you know, maybe you know a bunch of colleagues that have gone into the RA space. You hear about the trends for for years now. Have been increasingly more and more advisors move into the RA space. And so you say, hey, is that a fit for my practice as well? And again, that is the first thing you need to tackle uh, as you potentially explore this before you worry about all the details of pathways and solution providers and all that sort of thing. So on this episode, I just wanted to give a couple uh, examples of where maybe it's not a fit for an advisor's practice or the things you, you need to be asking yourself to try to conclude where you stand with that first that first step. So uh, the first thing, and this is often comes up early in one-on-one -on -one conversations I have with advisors or teams, is to say, uh, I, I often frame and say, you know, what what are your motivations for even having this conversation? So so kind of or put differently, if you were to go down this RA path, what are what are you hoping to gain? What are you hoping to accomplish? Uh, and and let's make sure that whatever your future vision is. 
of whatever's motivated you to say, hey, I maybe want to go down this path or at least enough to start learning more about this path. Is is that uh, vision a reality? Could that actually could that actually uh, come to fruition? And so that's typically where I, where I start is by asking, say, hey, what are those motivations? And no matter how it's articulated, I've heard all different kinds of answers to that question. When I when I say, you know, what's what's kind of motivated you to have this conversation, it typically falls into one of two buckets. It's either the economics involved, uh, the better economics of the the RA model or the increased flexibility that comes with the model. And, and usually advisors are interested in both of those, but depends on kind of what those motivations are. Again, one one or both of those buckets is, is usually where it falls. And so it's it's what you want to do is say, okay, hey, if, if you think there's better economics out there, well, okay, you need to understand what those economics are and understand what they would be and how they compare to what you have now. Or if there's certain things your current firm won't allow you to do and you uh, hope or feel or maybe even already know perhaps that you can do that in the RA model, let's let's make sure you are correct about that. Let's, let's make sure that's valid. And so it is looking at is whether it's are you being held back and how you can market your practice or the types of services you can provide your clients or, or how you can charge your clients. Those sorts of things, hey, let's understand that and say, okay, is that a fit for the RA model? Will that work? And so that's that's often one of the first kind of conversation points I'll have with advisors is understand those motivations. What are you trying to accomplish with practice? And that starts to help answer this question of, is the RA model a, a the, the right fit for your practice? Um, another main consideration that you would want to think through is, you know, what is your asset mix? So as I talk about on a lot of episodes, and it is a common misconception, people don't, don't understand this, you do not have to be 100% fee only with your practice to move into the RAA model. There are all kinds of solutions of how uh, if you have a need or a desire to retain some amount of commission business, and perhaps it's, uh, we often think of it sometimes just legacy business, where it might be existing variable annuity positions uh, that are paying you a trail. It makes sense for the client to stay in those positions. Um, and it's a meaningful enough amount of assets and the, those client relationships are there that it's it, the option of just walking away from that business is, is just not even applicable. It's not going to work. Um, so there are solutions where there's different ways you could accommodate that uh, that legacy commission business. Uh, and even if you want to do new commission business going forward as well, there are ways to accommodate that in the RIA model. Uh, but the reality is it kind of depends on what that mix is. So clearly, if you are 100% fee only, uh, the RA model is going to work all day for as far as as far as the the asset split question goes. Um, if you're 90% fee only, if you're 80% fee only, typically that that math and, and, and the solutions available works as well. Where it, it doesn't become as clear cut is if you're perhaps say 50-50. So half of your revenue is generated from fee-based assets, half your revenue is generated from commission assets. Now in a lot of instances, that's still pot potentially doable to move into the RA model with the solutions available that can accommodate the, that those commission assets and there's different potential ways I often say to solve for those assets. It's it's often doable. The question is, if you're at that 50-50, is it is it the really the best way to try to go about doing things? Because after all, 
the typical quote unquote broker dealer model, whether wirehouse or independent broker dealer model, that's what they cater to is advisors that have a large chunk of commission assets and some amount of fee-based assets as well. So at some point you have to say to yourself, okay, yes, yes, it could potentially be accommodated in the RA model, but if your practice is by definition what an independent broker dealer or even a wirehouse type firm is set up to accommodate, then that is something you need to consider whether just if you're not already in one of those solutions, perhaps consider in that. Or if you are, that might be the best bet just to stay in that channel and not try to make uh, a move over. Um, but the the flip side is those those firms, that is what they cater to. That's for decades, the, the, the legacy that they've had in technology, uh, compliance processes, all those things are based on that advisor with a lot of commission assets. And so that's why you see advisors often leaving those solutions uh, as the advisor themselves becomes increasingly fee-based uh, and moving more and more to the fee-based side because their, their broker-dealer setup, their quote-unquote broker-dealer setup is no longer as accommodated to this new practice or this this the new direction of the practice that you've been going down. And so as you become more and more fee-based, you will likely explore the RA model, but to the degree it is a substantial part of your business, the commission side, to the degree it's substantial and you want to keep doing new commission business, oftentimes you are going to be better in one of those more broker-dealer centric models. So something to consider there as well. Uh, the next uh, consideration of, you know, is the RA model a fit for your practice is, in, and this certainly applies if you start your own RIA uh, and often applies if you join an RIA is, do you want to be a business owner? So. As a financial advisor, no matter what kind of model you're in, you are a practitioner of the craft as being a financial advisor and helping your clients and providing that advice and everything that comes with that. That's You're always going to be a practitioner, whether you're the wirehouse, an independent broker dealer, an RA, whatever the case is, you're always you're always a practitioner. You're, you're never going to have to give that up unless you choose to, unless you choose to build something and eventually more just run it and have the practitioners underneath you. But, but to the degree you are passionate about that, you like doing that, you can always do that across channels. However, in the uh, W-2 model, for instance, the W-2 broker-dealer model, at the end of the day, you are not a business owner. You, you are a practitioner of the craft. You run your, you, you run your practice with your clients, but someone else is handling all the infrastructure, the overhead, for better or worse, the kind of managerial decisions on how the practice is run. Uh, and that might suit you okay, but to the degree you say, hey, I want more flexibility. That's often where it comes, like, like I said at the top. And you want the economics that come with, with uh, taking on more responsibility yourself. That's where the RA model and the more entrepreneurial approach, the business owner approach becomes more appealing. But make no mistake, at that point, again, if you start your own RA and then often when you join an RA as a 1099 model, you are now also a business owner. So you're, you're wearing the hat of a practitioner and the hat of a business owner. That comes with additional responsibilities that you don't solely have as a practitioner. Uh, but the trade-off is if you are able and willing to take on those responsibilities, the uh, economics generally make that well, your, well worth your, your effort and your time. And the flexibility you gain by managing it yourself can often be substantial. And so that's why advisors are are increasingly willing and able and desiring to move into that business ownership uh, structure. But make no mistake, you need to understand that. You need to understand, okay, if I'm a business owner, 
What additional responsibilities will I have? Am I able and willing to take on those responsibilities? And what rewards will I get from doing so? That's a common conversation I have with advisors is helping you understand all this, understand all the responsibilities, those sorts of things. But that is, when we go back to, is the RA model a fit for your practice? You do want to say, okay, am I desiring to be a business owner? Now, to be certain, there are uh, a number of, of good RIA firms uh, that have great value propositions that you can join if you're inclined, if you've, you've done your research, like I, like I talked about, you've, that second layer is understanding, you know, hey, should I start my own RA? Should I join an RA? And again, a couple of flavors in the middle. If you conclude that joining an RA is in your best interest, there are some W-2 uh, RAs out there that you can join that they will retain most of that kind of overhead managerial responsibility if you're inclined not to do that. And if you say, hey, I, I, for the most part, just want to be a practitioner, but I want a better solution than what my current firm now is providing me and or I'm with a firm that is a legacy broker dealer world, my practice no longer fits what their, what their entire firm was built off of and, 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 and uh, uh, essentially con continues to be. And so I want to find a different path, but I do like still being a W-2 advisor. There are solutions out there that can accommodate that as well. So it'll depend on, again, what, what you're trying to accomplish. Uh, but just know if, if you were inclined to stay solely practitioner model or practitioner, the RA model could still be a fit. But for sure, if you're going to go in more, one of the more independent pathways, your own RIA or a 1099 advisor of an existing RA, you are going to be a business owner. You are going to be responsible for, as you, as they say, your, your local P&L profit and loss statement, uh, but all kinds of benefits to being able to have the flexibility that comes with that as well. Uh, and then the last item I'll just mention on today's episode, and as always, I don't I have kind of lists. These aren't uh, exhaustive lists. There's, there's several other variables that, that could come into play. Uh, but the, the other kind of big variable I want to talk about in today's episode of, hey, is the RA model a fit for your practices? There are certain circumstances where even if you want to move into the RA model, even if you feel you understand it and you check these boxes and you say, yes, I should be doing this, there's certain roadblocks that still might make it not possible for you to do, even if you wanted to do. And so just a couple quick examples of that. I did do an entirely separate episode of what could you know, really prevent you from moving into the RA model. So if you want to do a deeper dive, you can jump on that episode. Um, but just at a high level, a couple quick items here. Uh, if you've been terminated from a firm or you have extensive uh, dings on your CRD or broker check, it is not a guarantee that the RA model is even an option for you. You, you ultimately would have to be approved if you have your own RA by either the SEC or state. If you join an RA, they have to be comfortable doing business with you. Regardless, if you manage assets, you have to have at least one custodian, perhaps multiple custodians. And however you're accessing the custodians, they need to be comfortable that, that you might be using them as a custodian. So if you have kind of a termination situation or you have a checkered kind of past on your, on your CRD, there could be challenges for you being able to go down this path. Even if even if everything I've said prior up until this point is making sense, you say, oh, that's absolutely for me. Just, just know that there could be some challenges there. And, and, and those are all have to be looked at on a one-by-one -one basis. There's, there's all different kinds of circumstances and scenarios, but just know th there's more that, that has to be dug into. Um, 
Another example of where it could be difficult is if you're at a wirehouse now um, and you're towards the end of your career and you're deep into, uh, often referred to as a sunset plan, they're kind of internal retirement plan where you've made an arrangement often with a younger advisor and you're on this kind of multi-year handoff of the practice and you both have signed something explaining what the economic terms of that are going to be and what the duration terms are going to be. If you're deep into that, it is often hard to extract yourself out at that point and go in any other direction and certainly the RA model would be in that as well. So if anyone is even remotely considering entering one of those sunset plans, by the way, on either side of that coin, whether you are the 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 older advisor that's that's near in that point of need in the succession, or you're the younger advisor that's potentially on the receiving end of that, I would encourage you if you, if you think there's any chance, hey, this RA model, maybe one day I want to go into it. Now is the time to take to, to, to learn about it, learn if it is going to be something for your practice down the line and understand what the ramifications would be if you go down a sunset path in place it could it could heavily uh, inhibit if not entirely prohibit your ability to one day move um, into the RA model it's not that the RA model won't be accepted it's just extracting yourself out of uh, in this example the wirehouse at that point will be very difficult so that's another example um Another one where it could be a deal breaker, I won't name name firms, but it's been a lot in the news lately is, uh, well, there's one firm uh, particularly that's been in the news a lot lately is if you have sold your practice to another firm, um, for whatever reason, succession, you felt that was the right time to take chips off the table and they could they could help you grow. Uh, what, whatever the desire was, and there are plenty of desires, and everyone essentially uh, eventually has to sell, and that might be an internal succession, or it might be to a to an external player. So everyone eventually has to to do some sort of sell or or sale of their practice. Um, but if you have done that, if you've crossed that bridge and you're proceeding, and, and perhaps you aren't as happy with your dance partner as you you thought you would be. It is very difficult to then say, hey, I'm going to now maybe go start my own RA instead and, and take my clients. As you can understand, if you were the buyer of a practice, you've paid the agreed upon economics for it, you would not just sit back and allow that the seller to have received the money from you and then leave and then try to take all their clients with them. So that that's most of you listening to this call have not not go down this path yet. But if you have already sold your practice, it is understandably very difficult to potentially leave that situation and go on a new path, whether it's the RA model or or any other model for that matter. Uh, just be aware of that. That would be a challenge. Uh, and then the very just last example where it could be a challenge is if you're in. There are certain just extremely captive scenarios that just realistically speaking, it would be very hard for you to leave. You, you can always leave a firm and go in a new direction, but leave and take your clients with you. And so just, a, just an example, there's not very many of these very captive scenarios that can't be successfully navigated out of. But for instance, if you work for a retail branch of a custodian, I won't name names, but you can figure out there's a few of them out there. They and, and and you've showed up, you've been hired as an advisor, you paid a salary, and they've basically handed you an entire book of business to manage. You can understand they don't take lightly if you were to try to leave and go start your own RA or whatever the case may be. 
They feel those are their clients. I think that is a very unique situation that's very different than the, than the majority of advisors that have built the practice themselves, have attracted clients themselves. But the, my point is, and I, I'm not, I won't belabor it here, is just, just know there are some very captive scenarios that are very difficult to extract yourself out of and potentially go into that RIA space. So the, the kind of main takeaway here, and again, this was not an exhaustive list, but is is just if if you're asking yourself, hey, is the RA model right for my practice? By default, and and from hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of conversations I have uh, every year, essentially, it it is a something most advisors should be at least considering. However, as I said at the top, there are there is a subset of advisors that that certainly can consider it. There's nothing wrong with consider and learn more about. That's how you determine this that will conclude it is not the right fit for their practice. But the only way you can do that is to begin that process of saying, hey, exactly how does that model work? What would those responsibilities, those additional responsibilities be? What does a transition to it look like? What are the economic benefits? What are What is the increased flexibility? And so that's what I help advisors with. Again, at just at the generic educational level is where you have to start is Help me understand this, the RA model, and then specifically help me understand how the RA model would look for my practice based on the kinds of clients I work with, the services I offer, and or the services I want to offer, all the variables that come with it. These are important things to, to keep in mind as you, as you make that consideration of should I make a move to the RA model. Happy to have that sort of conversation with you. So like I said at the top, my name is Brad Wales with Transition to RA. Helping advisors understand all these variables is what I do all day long, whether it's at, at the top of that, that process at the education level, where we've worked through all the steps and we're trying to pick out the specific solution providers and vendors that you'll need to support your practice. That is what I help advisors with. Happy to have the conversation with you as well. Uh, if you start by going to transition to RIA.com, you can find all of the episodes I make here on video format, podcast format. I have articles, I have white papers, and at the top of every page is a contact link. If you click on that, you can instantly and easily schedule time to have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with me. Whether you want to talk about today's topic or anything else RIA related, I'm happy to, to connect and have that conversation. Again, transition to RIA.com. And with that, I hope you found value in today's episode, and I'll see you on the next one.